podcast for Friday, July 15th. We begin with an update on the UCP leadership race. Ten candidates have officially thrown their hats into the ring in a bid to be the next leader. We discuss the race with MRU political science professor Lori Williams, including who's considered the front runner at this point and what we can expect to see unfold on the campaign trail between now and the October 6th vote. Next, we ask the question, what's in your wallet? From travel points to cash back and even free groceries, what is the best credit card to carry in Canada? We discuss the options available with Natasha McMillan, Director of Everyday Banking at ratehub.ca. And finally, July 17th is National Ice Cream Day. We discuss the sweet day with Scott Wegener, marketing manager from Calgary-based Foothills Creamery. The deadline for people to submit an application for the UCP leadership race is less than a week away with 10 candidates already in the race. Who are the front runners at this point? Joining us to discuss is Lori Williams, political science professor at Mount Royal University. Hi, Lori. Hi, Sue. Thanks for joining us. Any top contenders so far in this race? Well, we're hearing a whole lot of news around a handful of candidates. I, I would say a lot of the momentum appears to be focused on, on Danielle Smith. She's certainly getting a lot of headlines and generating a lot of controversy. Um, we've got a number of candidates who have either already submitted their their uh, um, their full deposit of the full amount that it, that's required. Uh, and the um, and the signatures, even more than the thousand signatures required. Uh, one person's dropped out, Bill Rock. Um, and I guess we'll just see who, who's finally in the race as, uh, as next Wednesday approaches. You know, it it looks uh, from outside looking in, and you're right on the money there when it comes to uh, the candidate Danielle Smith. Does the loudest voice win this? Is that what it takes to appeal to UCP members, uh, the one who's garnering the most headlines, or is it going to come down to, to, to policy and, 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 and getting uh, you know, to the root of the matters that matter to the UCP party members? Yeah, there are a few considerations, I think, that are in play, and, and certainly Danielle Smith is focused very much on winning the race, uh, becoming the UCP leader rather than winning the next election, where, whereas it looks like other candidates are focused more on what they would do as premier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, and so that's sort of a strategic consideration. Another one is is just the, the sense of, um, of what, what you need to do to uh, sell enough memberships or get enough people to support you within, within the party. Um, and and given that it's a ranked ballot, I think some people are trying to strategize in such a way as to get people's second or third choice so that they can win on a subsequent ballot. Um, and so it becomes a little bit complex, um, but uh, certainly somebody with enough momentum could win on a, on a first ballot. We don't see that very often, but but that looks to be what uh, what Danielle Smith is trying to do. Laurie, what is it about us here in Alberta? We seem to love to look in the rearview mirror as opposed to, you know, into the windshield and what's ahead. We like to go back. A Danielle Smith, a Brian Jean. Why are these two the front runners again? Well, initially, everybody was just saying it's because of name recognition. Uh, Brian Jean has essentially been running for the premiership and certainly challenging Jason Kenney for his, his job since... Jason Kenney won won the leadership of the UCP. 
Um, and of course, since winning that by-election in Fort Mac, he's been uh, front and center in terms of the critique of, of the leadership of the party and offering an alternative. Uh, Daniel Smith has just got a very high profile, and I would say for both of them, name recognition has been a huge advantage. Uh, and they built on that, particularly Daniel Smith has built on that by uh, by generating quite a bit of controversy and, and making a lot of headlines, looking like uh, she's the one that people know the most about, about and sometimes name recognition and and sort of appealing to sort of visceral um, tendencies and so forth can, can generate a lot of enthusiasm and momentum. Uh, but I would note that, that that's partly what we saw in Jason Kenney's strategy, and it, it's one thing to sort of appeal to or whip up the anger of voters who have, have complaints to make. It's quite another to respond to those those emotions effectively, and it's a, it's a difficult thing to govern um, when, when those expectations are raised so high. The date is circled on the calendar, October 6th, Lori. In, in some ways, it seems like it's just around the corner. In other ways, it seems like a lifetime from now. What are you expecting to see between now and then? Could we see, uh, you know, things get a little more heated, maybe uh, more tactics or, or uh, I guess I'd say dirty tactics from these candidates? That's the difficult thing to know. And, of course, so far, the, most of the candidates have resisted um, really going after some of the more controversial proposals and, and uh, ideas of Danielle Smith because I think they, they recognize that she represents enough members of the UCP that they're hoping to get their, their second choices. But because she's getting so much oxygen, uh, I think they're going to have to have to try to either. I mean, they, they've sort of been focusing on what the polls say that Albertans are concerned about: inflation, affordability, things of that nature, the economy, um, healthcare system, and so forth. Uh, Danielle Smith isn't talking about those things a whole lot. She's talking about about some uh, more controversial ideas or, or, or proposals. And and so the other candidates are going to have to figure out, well, how can they, they get more attention to sort of their more moderate proposals and, and get the kind of attention momentum that, that Danielle Smith is, is generating and, and to take her on on things that, that there's a lot of disagreement around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tough to get that attention that's necessary, especially through the summer months with a federal conservative leadership race underway. Well, it seems, yeah, controversy, definitely the name of the game as we look at who's leading at this point in time. But uh, as you say, time will tell. We've still got quite a few days ahead of us and then the race itself. So thank you so much for joining. Thanks for your perspective, Laurie. Always appreciate it. Thank you, Sue. Laurie Williams, political science professor, Mount Royal University. Do you want cash back? Do you want points? Do you want deals on travel? The options are endless when it comes to selecting a credit card. But how do we determine the best fit for us as Canadian consumers? Joining us with some insight is Natasha McMillan, Director of Everyday Banking at RateHub.ca. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning. Okay, so we all want something in return, but is that the smart way to choose your credit card? Absolutely not. There's really, we got to look at the full gamut of credit cards. So there's four main types that people should always consider when looking for a credit card. There's the rewards, balance transfer, low interest, and secured credit cards. And of course, the ones you touched on are more in the rewards category, which are always the most popular. So we've got the travel rewards, cashback, and even store credit. And then again, there's an even smaller specialty card, uh, credit cards for students and business credit cards. So those are available, of course, to post-secondary students and business owners, respectively. Natasha, it seems to me that years ago was interest. You know, you, you look at the high interest, low interest, or 
it was the travel cards. It seems like that was the entry to getting perks. But now, yeah, so many choices. It seems like every retailer, uh, you know, our partner retailers have an option. So where do we start when it comes to figuring out what is best for us? What, what are some of the resources? So it's definitely most important when you're starting to select a credit card. It's really important for consumers to think about their needs. So we highly recommend that people go online and do research about credit cards um, and start to take into consideration the different opportunities that are available to them. So there are websites like RateHub that offer comprehensive reviews and comparison tools to start to understand the differences between these credit cards. So, for example, RateHub provides users with a free tool to assess credit card eligibility based on their credit score, their household income, and what they're looking to actually achieve. So whether you do want to earn rewards or whether you are more interested in kind of the cash back percentage um, on your credit card. So, uh, sorry, sorry, finish. Yeah, I was just going to say there are also um, a lot of promotional rewards out there right now, um, and they can be very tempting, but we always try to remind people that while they are tempted, it's very important to kind of look at the credit card that has the best opportunity that serves your needs. So whether that might be a low interest credit card, a balance transfer, or a secured credit card. And sorry, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So interest rates can vary depending on the card then, right? Absolutely. Okay. So that's something that really that's kind of, it should be the key, isn't it? Yes, it's, interest rates are kind of a key consideration when looking at uh, selecting a credit card. And so we typically say there are four main things that people should consider when applying. The interest rate. So most credit cards offer between 19 to 22%. However, there are low interest rate credit cards. There are secured credit cards. Um, and secured being more for those who either have no existing credit history, like new Canadians, or those who want to rebuild their credit history because they have had um, some minor discrepancies in the past. Another key consideration to look at are the annual fees. So some credit cards require you to pay an annual fee, usually ranging between $99 and $150. However, these, um, these credit cards are typically for rewards. Um, and should you often carry a balance on those rewards, the rewards can outweigh the cost of the annual fee. And so it's really important to kind of look at those benefits um, when selecting. And then lastly, again, kind of the cherry on top when looking at a credit card are your rewards. And so ensuring that you're getting kind of what you're looking for, but the interest rate on these reward cards are actually one of the higher ones that we would see in the market. And so ensuring that if you are carrying a balance, we don't usually um, recommend using reward cards because the benefits would actually outweigh, uh, the cost would actually outweigh the benefits that you would see. And then, of course, lastly, the last factor to consider is your credit limit. Mm. So ensuring that the amount that you will be likely approved for is something that you can um, afford and spend on your credit card and if that actually matches your needs going forward. Natasha, could it be a case that we're trying to narrow down the best card, the best one card that might fit for you and your family, but in actual fact, you might need a couple of cards. For example, I'll use this card for gas because I get better rewards. I'll use this one for groceries because I get better rewards. Is that maybe the right route for some? For some, it can definitely add complexity. 
So if you're someone who finds it hard to remember the dates of your monthly payments, we typically don't recommend that. However, if you can kind of keep track and put those reminders in your calculator to uh, your calendar to ensure that you're kind of meeting those monthly uh, payment schedules, that certainly does benefit you, especially when we do see increasing gas prices and increasing grocery costs and travel. It's a great way to kind of earn those rewards and get the best bang for your buck. Amazing. Lots of options out there. We really need to do our homework. Thank you so much for your experience and and your uh, interest in this. We appreciate you taking the time this morning. Thank you so much. That's Natasha McMillan, Director of Everyday Banking at RateHub.ca. They've got lots of great info on their website. Absolutely. You know, your due diligence is is very important here. But I think before you do that, you know, talk to family, talk to friends. Mm -hmm. uh, But also, yeah, think very long and hard about what is important. Is it travel that's important? Right. Is it getting, you know, points that I can use to, to get free groceries? Is it cash back? So and then there's this neo that come out uh, that really focuses on local businesses, and you can get uh, extra uh, you know points back or percentages back if you're helping local. Okay, um, it, there's so there are so many so options. many choices really, and it's it's hard to know. So if you can get a little help at RateHub.ca and then ask and yeah. and I'm curious because I've been looking around too. I have a credit card with it's tied to Air Miles points. I really don't travel that much, like m- maybe once a year. Yeah. And sometimes not even that in terms of flying. So is there a better one for me? Groceries are expensive these days. Mm. So is that, you know, the grocery card um, points card better for me? And that's the one I'm kind of leaning towards right now. So, and you just recently did a lot of um, diving and digging into this, didn't yeah, you? It's, it's, Which it's, one did you decide difficult. on? One with the... Uh, Costco MasterCard. Because you get cash back, yeah, you said. Because not only you can use it toward Costco purchases, what you get back, or they will give you a check, hand you hundreds of dollars perhaps. And you don't just get bonuses and cash back shopping at Costco, but dining out shopping. You might get, for example, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, 2 or 3% cash back if you're buying gas at the Costco gas station, okay. but 1% at other gas retailers. Okay, so that gives so you the cash back. You I like, like that. that. I like that flexibility because a lot of fr- family and friends were saying, go with the travel one. And, you know, for example, WestJet entices you with, you can get a free bag to bring. Right. But my thought process is, and I think I've said this off air to you, Sue, if it is something that involves getting a deal, but you have to spend more money, for <laughs> yeah. example, on travel. Is it a deal? Is it a deal? Right. It is National Ice Cream Day on Sunday, July 17th. And Calgary's Foothills Creamery will be hosting an ice cream eating contest with a grand prize of free ice cream for a year. With all the details, we're joined this morning by Scott Wagner, who is the marketing manager at Foothills Creamery. Good morning to you, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Okay, happy National Ice Cream Day to start off. I have brain freeze just thinking about this delicious contest. But tell us how it works. Sounds fun. Yeah, so competitors will have uh, five minutes to eat as much ice cream as they can, and they can choose the flavor that they want to eat based on some of our uh, retail flavors. And whoever eats the most will will win a trophy and uh, ice cream for a year. Do you have any idea uh, how much would it take to win? How much ice cream uh, is championship level? I'm, I'm thinking in, I'm thinking I could probably eat a cup and a half. I got, I'm not what? even sure. <laughs> yeah, we have we have no idea. This is the first time we've ever done this. So the main thing is that everybody that uh, comes just has some fun and enjoys some ice cream. And if you eat a lot of ice cream, that's just a bonus for the day. <laughs> I feel like I can do good damage on a on a, like a liter of ice cream. 
In minutes. Yeah, no problem. Um, Scott, tell us a little bit about Foothills Creamery. You've launched six new flavors. Are there really new flavors of ice cream out there to be created? Yeah, there's. I mean, you can try putting anything in, in an ice cream. Uh, so we we try to come up with something new, but also stuff that people will, will enjoy and, and have fun. So we have yeah, six new flavors. Uh, some more traditional like uh, sea salt caramel fudge or raspberry mm-hmm. truffle, which mm-hmm. people may have had elsewhere. We personally think ours is, is the best, but any ice cream is good ice cream. And, and we have some fun new flavors, too, that people may not have seen before, like cereal bowl, which is a uh, flavored like the bottom of your bowl of uh, fruity cereal. An idea whose time has come. <laughs> Scott, you know, I'm wondering, because it's very competitive. If I want to get ice cream, there's so many choices, not just in the shops, but, you know, in the in the grocery store freezers as well. You know, uh, what makes a good ice cream? What what makes an ice cream stand out? In, and what do we taste and in, in look for in quality? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm the, I, I always have a hard time, too. All ice cream is, is going to be tasty, but we, we at Foothills, we really care about uh, old-fashioned process, and uh, we make butter as well, and we use the buttermilk in our ice cream, and that's what kind of gives it an extra smooth flavor. Uh, and, and then butterfat content is always an important part of ice cream, so it's, it's not a lie when they say that there's more more fat there's there's more flavors so those are things we care a lot about when we're when we're crafting our ice cream scott you're a calgary-based success story at foothills creamery with more than 50 years under your belt so uh curious is there a like a location where i can go get ice cream or are you more predominantly based on the the leaders or whatever that we'd sell in or see in the grocery store yeah so we have a we're available in calgary at any Calgary co-op, all of our 14 retail flavors are available there. And uh, we also sell to a lot of independent mom-and-pop scoop shops uh, around the city. Or if you're just out on vacation camping somewhere and you come across a scoop shop, there's a good chance that that ice cream might be ours. And, and we have a where to buy map on our website if anybody's trying to find something in their area. I'm going to direct people to that website, foothillscreamery.com. Any spots available? Can they still sign up by, uh, via that website? Uh, yeah, so uh, there's at 9 a.m. There's going to be 25 more tickets released for uh, the event on Sunday. And so... You can find the link to our Eventbrite page through our uh, Facebook or Instagram pages and sign up there. And we're still, if we've got uh, seven contestants signed up to compete so far, but we have space for a couple more. So if you're interested in competing for the Scoop Slam Championship, you can always uh, send an email to marketing at foothillscreamery.com. Love it. You'll give them the opportunity, but not the cure for the brain freeze. Thanks, Scott. (laughs) We appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Scott Wegener, uh, Marketing Manager at Foothills Creamery. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.